All right. Well, hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, great intro. Thank you so much, Pastor Randy. It is uh, exciting to be here. We love coming to Idaho. Here, I want to give you this bag because if not, I want to kick it around all day. Uh, we love coming to Idaho. Um, it is definitely becoming our favorite state uh, more and more every time we come here, and it has been a joy to be here with you guys. Um, uh, we've been here a few times now, and every time we come, it's, uh, it's, we're falling more and more in love with it, so it's becoming very dangerous every time I come here. I mean, Randy's already my favorite campus pastor, so as he's mentioned earlier, um, we have 12 campuses, and I, you know, and I, and I, I oversee all these knuckleheads, and, um, and I got a lot of knuckleheads, and so, but there is, there's usually like, you know, how you have like a lot of kids and I don't know, like, you know, everybody says, oh, I love my kids equally. Like, come on, you know, there's always one that, or two that you like tend to like coddle more and tend to like like more and spend more time with. And so, um, and so, you know, I have a lot of campus pastors and, and I have one that is really my favorite and I'm not going to, you know, and I have like witnesses in the room. I have like witnesses for other campuses in the room. I have like, these guys are from the Corona campus. Those guys are from the Costa Mesa campus. So we have a lot of representation here in Idaho, but I'm going to say it anyways. Like this guy's my favorite. He really is. And so uh, you guys are lucky. You guys are so lucky to have uh, such a loving uh, pastor for one, but a guy that is just real, um, and he can really do such a great job on stage when you see him. When you come next week, if this is your first time here today, please don't judge uh, the service after from today. Come back next week. This guy's an amazing communicator. He'll make you laugh. He'll make you cry. He'll punch you in the stomach, and then you're going to thank him for it on your way out, which is really cool. And so, uh, so today we are starting a new series. It is called The New Normal. The New Normal. And uh, we are diving into this series because we, um, let's just be honest, many of us um, are tired of, of the normal that we've been experiencing. And many of us, if we had to be real, like we would want to go back to the normal we had, right? And I, I spent a lot of time on social media and I see a lot of memes and, and there was a, a meme that I... Oh, there's a lot of memes that went around, but the one I can share on Sunday morning, um, this was probably one of the most popular memes that went around and it was this. Dear 2021, you don't have to be perfect, just be normal, just be normal. And this was like a popular meme that was going around, and there was a lot of other funny ones that I can't share, but this was one I could share on Sunday morning, and I, it was just a cry for normalcy. Like, can, you, we, can we just get back to how things used to be? Can we, get, can we just get back to what was familiar and comfortable and known and not have to be worried or concerned or scared or having to argue with neighbors or, or friends or family? Um, can we get back to a normal holidays and normal, and normal gatherings? And it was just, there's a cry for normalcy, right? Now, I know that, you know, in 2020, uh, a lot of people had a lot of spare times on their hands. And so because, you, you know, people had spare time on their hands, they got creative with their time. And, you know, so let, if I had to be real, there's some things that should not go back to normal, right? Some things should stay in 2020. Like, for example, you know, this picture right here, this is a picture of a gentleman who thought he was going to get creative with his hair in 2020. He wasn't going anywhere anyways. Nobody was going to see it, so why not get creative with his hairstyle, right? That can stay. In 2020. Can we agree? Like, we don't need to see that in 2021. All right. Now, there's another one that got a little more creative, and this guy was really in love with geckos, so he decided to 
shape one to his head. And so that was something where it's just like, all right, you had a lot of time on your hands, 2020, you get a free pass. You get a free pass for 2020, all right? So let's, there's some things that should stay. There's some things that should stay in the past, right? There's some things that should not come forward with us. But if we were real, we should all have some sort of growth from whatever pain we had to go through. In every situation, you want to make sure you're moving forward, right? As much as we liked the normal prior to 2020, there is some things that should stay there. Like there should be an expectation of growth inside of your head and your heart, right? As a kid, I used to love SpaghettiOs. As a 40-year-old bald guy, if I'm still eating SpaghettiOs, that's a problem, right? That's going to be a little weird. So there are some things that should stay in the past. There are some things that we should let go of and learn from and move forward. And there's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastics, and this is considered like a book of wisdom, and the author was really intentional about giving his best thoughts and giving his words of wisdom and giving all of his learnings to you so you can, you know, grab onto those words and have you think about them and ponder about them. And this is what he said in the book of Ecclesiastics, chapter 7, verse 10. It says, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. So what he was saying here is that there's something about staying in the past that isn't healthy. There is something about staying in the back to the normal that should not come forward with us. That if we're in a, in a, in a place where we're wanting to grow and develop and be better at whatever, put the blank, be better in your marriage, be better in your parenting, be better in your finances, be better in your career, be better in whatever it is, your time, be better in your energy, be better in your health. Whatever it is, there should be things that we leave in the past. Now, I would love for all of us to take a moment and just ask two questions before we end today's service and before we move on to 2021. And I know we're all super excited about it, including myself. But question number one is, what have I learned? What have I learned from the pain that I've gone through? What have I learned from 2020? And the second question is, what do I want to carry forward? What do I want to bring into 2021 with me? Now, there was a lot of things that, I, that shocked me in 2020. There were, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of like, man, I never saw that coming. I can never imagine this being the situation. For example, like the hottest commodity in, in a global pandemic, it wasn't gas, it wasn't oil, it wasn't cars, it wasn't even groceries. Toilet paper. Toilet paper, the number one commodity in a global pandemic. Like, hey, a global pandemic's coming on, a lot of unknowns. Hey, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that we, we don't know how to, how to prepare for. Stock up on toilet paper. That was like the brain genius idea of 2020, right? There's some other things that I learned in 2020 as well that, you know, were really dumb on my end. Like one of the dumbest things that I learned in 2020 was I bought a planner for 2020, I mean, that's just so stupid. Like, I bought a planner for 2020. And the other thing that I learned was I need to social distance myself from the refrigerator. As I move into 2021, I need to leave my closeness to the refrigerator in 2020. And, it, you know, here's a piece of advice. Every few days, you know, 
try on your jeans just to make sure they still fit because if you stay in your PJs, you're going to think that all is good in the kingdom. And that's just, that's a dangerous place to live in, right? So there are certain things that we need to make sure we stop and we think and we, and we ask ourselves, what did we learn from the past? What needs to stay in the past? And as we, as we create a new normal, what should come forward with us? Because not all things from the old normal should come into the new normal. If our old way of managing time doesn't change, well, guess what? In your new normal, you're still going to be overcommitted, overstressed, overwhelmed, and that's not going to change. If your old way of handling relationships doesn't change, and if it stays, if you take that from the past and bring it into the present, you're still going to have relational problems in the present. Your marriage is still going to suffer. You're still going to have stress. You're still going to be blaming one another. I mean, I, I, trust me, I tell you all the time, like, hey, listen, go get help so our relationship can be better. And she looks at me and she's like, it's not me, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the other guy that needs a help. And so if our old ways of viewing God doesn't change, then guess what? As you take the old ways of your view of God from the past into the present, then you're never going to experience what God has for you. You're never going to experience the life that God has, has, has for you. You're always going to limit God and his ability of what he can do through your life and the joy and the fulfillment and the purpose that he can bring into your life. You're always going to put a limit on that if you're always living in your own way of how you want to handle your faith and your relationship with God. If our old way of looking at finances doesn't change, the debt we had and the terrible habits we had from the past, guess what? They're going to get, a, they're going to get brought into your new normal. So I want, I want to say this. It will be a shame to go through this pain and not have gain. And I want you to say this with me. It will be a shame to go through this pain and not have gain. And one more time, we're all going to say it this time. It will be a shame to go through this pain and not have gain. That would be a wasted, wasted time and long season of pain to not have gained come out of that. It would be an absolute shame to go through this. Now, I know some of you are thinking like, Moses, man, I can't wait for, you know, uh, for the new normal, but the reality is I'm still in the pain. I'm still in the pain, and I get it. Like I, some of you maybe haven't, haven't quite turned the page and haven't necessarily started looking at what's the new normal. So let me speak into this for a second, and I want to clarify, I will say there's a lot of things that I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. I don't know when this virus is going to go away. I don't know, you know, if there's going to, and when things were going to feel normal again. I don't know if there's going to be more issues or more crises to deal with in, in the future. I don't know if we're going to have more lockdowns. I don't know when schools are going to be normal. There's a lot of things that I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know this. From the history of mankind, if you don't intentionally put an energy and a desire to see something change in your life, I guarantee you, it won't change. This is just what I know from human nature. This is what I know from a book that's been written thousands and thousands of years ago. This is what I know from God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the, and, and the creator of mankind. There's story after story in here of how when people did not want to move forward, they naturally went backward. 
Of when people did not want to grow, they naturally stayed stagnant. Of when people did not want to see change and better and improvement in their life, they naturally became bitter and and grumpy and angry and did not improve their life. So that's one thing I do know. There's a lot that I don't know, but what I do know is if you decide not to make an effort to move forward and create a new normal and leave things from the past and and, and change them from the future, then they won't change. Then they won't change. Not in the, the side of the half for you says, not everything should go back to normal. Not everything should go back to normal. If you were really honest with yourself, and if you take a look at the things in your life prior to in 2020, 2019, 2018, there's certain things that should not go back to normal. Now, it may not be a lot of things for you. For me, it's probably 19. 8, 20, 21 things, for you it might be one or two things. But there's certain things that should not go back to normal. The tension of the present causes us to romanticize in the, uh, the past. The tension of the present causes us to romanticize of the past. When we are sitting in a moment of tension and we're feeling in a moment of pain, we start to think about how things used to be. And we start to imagine how good they used to be, even though if you would get in a time capsule, go back to that moment, you were complaining about that moment. But all of a sudden, you move forward and you're in tension, and you're in pain, and then all of a sudden, the pain of today feels worse than the pain of yesterday, so then instead of moving and growing from this and making it better, we, decide, we start to romanticize about like, oh, man, any idea how great it was when I used to be single? Oh, my goodness, man, Jillian was just, oh, if she could just stop talking for one minute. When I remember when I was alone, home alone at my mama's house, and she'd just feed me all the time and never asked for me for anything. And so you start to romanticize about what used to be, right? But the reality behind it is if in those moments you felt alone, you felt lonely, you were upset, you were not happy with where you were at, and then you move forward and you have the opportunity to grow from it. But instead of using the pain to gain, you start to use the pain and you start to romanticize about the past. There's a, there's a book that I'm going to read to you right now, and I'm, going to, and I'm going to share this story, and it's like the number one story that I could possibly imagine that just paints the picture of, 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 of humanity. It paints a picture of how when, when people were asking God for change and they were asking for something different and they were asking for something more and then God creates the opportunity for them to have something more, but it wasn't just overnight. It was like day after day after day and then, and then all of a sudden a year after year after year, it was a journey to, for them to get to the part of the game. But when they were sitting in their pain, They were clear with that they did not like this pain. And they were clear that they wanted something more and something better. But what they were not clear on was the time it was going to take to arrive to what the gain or the better was. And so this is why I say in human nature, when we sit in pain and we don't push through to have the gain, we naturally start to romanticize about the past and end up back where we started from. So I'm going to read this story to you. And... I would encourage you, like obviously I'm not going to read the entire story because it's a long story, but it's found in the book of Exodus and it's 
Um, it's a story of when the, the people of Israel, these were God's people who were, who were slaves. And the Bible says that they had been slaves for, for many, many years. And the Bible says that they were crying out to God because they were tired of the slavery that they were in. And they were tired of the pain that they were in. And they were tired of, of the torture that they were feeling. I mean, basically, they had zero freedom. They had zero control. They would get up, work all day and night. The restrictions became stronger. The workload became stronger. The resources became less. And they just were in a position where they just were, were just crying out for help and crying out for God. And so if, if you have, you know, if you're going to make a goal for 2021, I would say start reading this story. It starts in the book of Exodus. I'm just going to skim through and get to the part where God finally frees them. God fi finally delivers them. He brings this guy named Moses into, into their world. And Moses is the, is the guy that stands up to Pharaoh, who was the guy that was keeping these people enslaved. And then he's the one that God used through a series of miracles to show God's power over and over and over to show that God is real, to show that God was serious and that these were God's people. And so Moses, so Moses was used to free these people. So finally, Pharaoh, like, saw enough of God's power to the point it says, okay, fine, go. Like, get out of here. I, I, take your people and get out of here. So then Moses takes, these, takes all the people of Israel. They are like singing and praising and they are like, they are just, you know, finally my prayers were answered. Now this was only the start of the journey, okay? This is the start of the journey. So here in, in you know, chapter four, uh, 15, they're sitting here and they're, and they're starting to sing this song of deliverance. And if you're reading this chapter, man, this song goes on forever. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're free. We're free. Finally, God has heard us and, and, and we're no longer slaves and, and we're going to a better place. And finally, the promised land is ahead of us. And this, this chapter just goes on forever with like so much praise and so much positivity. And then, and then the, the journey didn't go as, as quick as they thought it was going to go. And then all of a sudden, like, it was, it, was a, it was like some, the song was over. And then it was like, wait, we're still not at the promised land. And it's like, I just got done singing, and I just gave a lot of positive information, but we're still not at the place where, where God is supposed to take us. We're out here in the middle of the desert. And so, in this short journey, chapter 16, verse 1, it says this. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin. Between Elam and Mount Sinai, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, and one month after leaving the land of Egypt, there too, the whole community of Israel complained to, about Moses and Aaron. Now, the author was very specific about the timing of this, right? He was very specific about how long. They said the 15th day of the second month. So basically what he's, what he's trying to prepare you for is he's saying this. Pay attention to what the people did after 43 days. 43 days from the point of like, God, rescue me, free me, I'm, 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 I, I hate this, this is miserable, there's got to be a better life, this is, this is torture, uh, please deliver us from the Pharaoh, please deliver us from slavery. Moses comes in, God does the miracles, he agreed, Pharaoh agrees to let them go through a miracle of God, so the people are now singing the song, praise God, deliverance, 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 and then 43 days later, here's what happens, 43 days later, here's what happens. 
Then the people complained and turned again, turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. I'm sorry, where are we at? Uh, they, arrived, they arrived the 15th day there too. The whole community real, uh, uh, complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord killed us back in Egypt. Yeah, this is so good. If only the Lord killed us back in Egypt. They moaned. There were there where we sat with pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve, to starve and to die. And, and it's basically what they're saying is, why are we out here? Remember when we were in, in Egypt with pots of meat and bread? Then you brought us out here to starve? And so in the scripture, it shares not only the amount of time that it took for them to quickly forget about the song. Hey, we're delivered, we're delivered, we're delivered. Not only did they quickly forget about the song, not only did they forget about the pain of, of how much pain I was in when I was a slave and had no freedom, I had no control, and I was just, I had to work, work day after day and have more uh, workload and less resources. All of a sudden, they quickly run into a pain moment and they're like, why are we out here? Why are we out here? In, the, in Egypt, we had pots of meat and we ate food. And if we were gonna die, at least we knew how we were going to die. So let, let me just paint the picture here because what it was, is it was a craving. What they were complaining about wasn't necessarily food because they weren't starving. They had food. They were complaining about a craving, kind of like I crave chocolate chip cookies. And if I don't get chocolate chip cookies, I'm not going to yell at my wife and say, hey, this is it. This is over. Like, you just don't care about this marriage. Like, it, it, like, I'm going back. I'm going back to single life because I don't have chocolate chip cookies. Like, that's ridiculous, right? But that was the mindset. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like my kids who all they know is the miserable land of California. And, and, and they keep complaining about, like, I want better. I want better. I want better. And I say, you know what? I'm going to show you better. Over the holidays, I'm going to take you to a better state, Right? I'm gonna take you to a better state, but I'm not gonna tell you where I'm taking you. I'm not gonna tell you where I'm taking you because you don't, you don't if I, even if I told you, you wouldn't know. So they've never been to the better state, right? So I put them in a car. Now, unfortunately, this journey is about 14, 15 hours, right? But all of a sudden now we get, you know, 43 minutes into this drive. And then all of a sudden it's like, where are we going? I'm starving. I, 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 want, I want my steak or I want my food or I want my PlayStation or I want, it's like, whoa, dude, like remember how much you were complaining about where you were and I told you I was gonna take you to a better state and 43 minutes in, you're already crying about, you know, wanting to go back? Trust me on this one. Endure the journey. I'm gonna show you a better land, right? But they gotta go through the pain of the journey and not hit 43 minutes in and decide, oh no, this is way too long. Take me back to what I know, even though what I know is not better. Take me back to what's familiar, even though what's familiar is not better. Take me back to what's predictable because even though it's predictable, it's not better. And that's exactly what was happening here. And fortunately, that's a funny story, but the sad part is that's what happens to us. It's what happens to us when, when we're in this moment 
and we're asking God for change, and we're asking God for a better marriage. We're asking God for my kids to get, you know, get along better and for me to be a better dad and for my time management to be stronger and more wiser and for my finances to be more strategic and less emotional. And, and what I'm asking for better, and then God said, hey, I have so much better for you. But there's going to be a little journey from here to here. And when you take three steps, you can't be crying about going back to what you know. Because if we're honest, what you know is not really what you want. And it's not what's better. So it'd be a shame to go through this pain and not have, thank you, somebody's paying attention. It'd be a shame to go through this pain and not have gain. And not have gain. Egypt was familiar, was predictable, and comfortable even if it wasn't what we actually wanted. Even if it wasn't what we actually wanted, it was familiar, we knew the rules, it was predictable, it was comfortable, but it's not what we actually wanted. And it's not what should come in to the new normal. Those are the things that should stay in the past. The wilderness is unfamiliar. I will say this, in the, on the road, on the journey for my three boys who are on a car ride for 14, 15 hours, they don't know if, are we still in California? Are we, are we in Vegas? Are we in Utah? Uh, are, we in the, are we in the desert? Are we, are they, they don't know where we're at. They don't, they don't have a clue. It's unfamiliar. But I keep telling them, hang in there. I'm going to show you a better land. I'm going to show you a better land. I'm going to show you a better land. And so they have to endure the hour after hour. It's unfamiliar, it's unpredictable, and it's uncomfortable. Let's be real. It, it's not comfortable going through the wilderness. It's not comfortable going through change. It's not comfortable going through the transformation. But when you get through and you see the game, then it all becomes worth it that you endured the change. And so that's my prayer for you as we enter into 2021. It would be a tragic, if in of our quest for normalcy, we didn't learn of the great lessons that God had for us. It would be tragic for us to go through this season and not take the opportunity to see the change and things that should not come with us from what was once normal to our new normal. And the next few weeks, here's what's going to happen. The next few weeks here, you're going you're gonna, to, Pastor Randy's going to have each every week focused on how. How do we create a new normal in our relationships? How do we create a new normal in my parenting? How do we create a new normal in the time that I, that I spend and how I spend my time? How do I create a new normal in my faith in God? And how, how can my faith in God improve and be better? And how does that improve my life? Why would a faith in God improve my life because the God who created you and brought you into this world has a plan for your life and has a promised land for your journey that you don't have the capability of seeing because when you're in Egypt you don't know what the promised land looks like when you're in your human head and your human heart and your human wisdom, you don't have the ability to see what a better land looks like. 
And all you can do is trust God through every step of the process, even though after 43 minutes, it's painful. Even though after 43 minutes, it feels like I want to go back to what's familiar. But at the end of the day, what God has in front of you is always going to be greater than what's behind you. It's always going to be greater than what's behind you. God will never, ever, ever ask you to move forward to give you something worse, even though the pain feels harder. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, as I close this message, um, I just want to close and I want to pray for you as you enter into 2021 and as you get ready to make decisions for your life The prayer is that you're going to make decisions to create a new normal that's going to be a better portion of your life. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, and the reason why I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes is not because it's more spiritual, but because it helps you to focus. And what I'm going to ask you to do is ask you to have more of God in the new year than you did in 2020. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm just going to challenge you. You don't have to listen to me. I'm not no one. No, I'm not your boss. I'm Randy's boss. I'm not your boss. You, I'm just giving you wisdom and giving you advice that I challenge you to have more of God in your heart in 2021 than you did of 2020. And the reason why I'm asking you to do that is because I promise you it will be a greater life with God than without. And it's a promise that I I can stand behind. That if you have more of God in your heart and in your life in 2021 than you did in 2020, you will have a better life, a better marriage, a better parenting relationship, a, a, a better peace in your heart, better joy in your life, better purpose, better direction, better guidance, more clarity. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to step up to the challenge of saying, yes, I would like more of God in 2021 than I had in 2020. And all I'm going to do is I'm just going to have you raise your hand and make eye contact with me so I know who I'm praying for. So if you would like to have more of God in your heart and in your life in 2021 than you did of 2020, just raise your hand and make eye contact with me so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I see you right here. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you guys so much. I know who specifically I'm praying for. Let's bow our heads. Father, you saw the hands in the air go up. Lord, you know what the hearts are dealing with. Lord, you know the tension in their heart. Lord, you know the, the, the change that needs to stay in 2020, that needs to come into 2021. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to fill these hearts with your love, with your grace, with your direction, with your peace, with your joy, with your purpose. God, that you do what only you can do. And that's provide a life that we can never imagine, a life beyond the human power, a life beyond, beyond human nature. God, I ask for your grace and your direction as Lord, as we step into 2021, that we, Lord, may endure the pain and go through the change so that we can see the gain on the other side. We say these things in your name. Amen.